0: Hi, everyone! Thank you for joining us. This is are our book strap. Yeah, girls, we're pros at this now. Oh, no. yes,
1: we we're are. Funny anymore? We're just too good. <laughs> we're just so good. These are pro
2: clams here now. <laughs> I'm Brandy. I'm Emma. (laughs) And I'm Mariana. (laughs) This is your book club with a twist and we are your happy hour girlfriends. This month we're talking about Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Ladies, chicas, have you recovered yet? (laughs) No. (laughs) From what, the drink or the talk about clams? All of it. (laughs) All of it. It was so hot and spicy. <laughs> that black magic definitely got to us. And it yeah. seems that the Doyles, yeah. this quote unquote curse and el mal de ojo are getting to Noemi. me. Mm. Yep. Unfortunately, La Maldición has overpowered Catalina, our possible sleeping beauty. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she may need more than a knight in shiny armor. Emma. Yeah. Will you rescue us and our? voodoo clams
3: (laughs) take us to our
2: happy place (laughs)
1: yes please (laughs) happy place all the way i would be happy to mariana (laughs) i have to admit i'm actually a little nervous for this week's cocktail because she is potent yes we're playing around with absinthe in our drink today Maybe we'll see some gold mushroom <gasps> dust of our own. Ooh. Or some green berries, keeping it on brand, <laughs> Oh, <Brandy>? <laughs> <laughs> Hey Today's cocktail is called <laughs> The Necromancer, Ooh. another chilling title for another set of chilling chapters. Here to share this boozy AF recipe is our resident bartender, RICARDO! RICARDO! RICARDO!
4: (laughs) Ciao ladies, welcome to the bar.
0: Uh, Hi!
4: So the cocktail of today is called uh, the Necromancer. Uh
3: Uh,
4: This cocktail was created by the highly talented Mayur Subarau for a restaurant here in New York, in the West Village called Loro. Uh, This drink is a twist on the classic corpse reviver, where the Mm absinthe is just a couple of dashes. In this recipe, the absinthe is the prince. Uh, uh, This recipe shows the beauty of the spirits, anise and fennel characteristics, but also the herbal, herbal flavors with bright citrusy and floral notes from the elderflower liqueur and yeah. the lily blanc.
3: Mm-hmm. Absinthe so was banned in
4: 1912 in the U.S.
3: Right.
4: Uh, and in a vast majority of European countries too. It was called the green fairy for uh, <laughs> the color green. Uh, could come even in a very transparent color because it's not... A characteristic of absinthe being green it was just the way that was commercialized in france uh, uh, in the 19th century it was created as a medicine
0: some it's strong medicine, medicine. <laughs> Yes, <laughs>
4: but it was sold as a cure for everything from oh. cough Headache, malaria, everything. Oh, my God. Literally so it's going to cure our
2: silliness. Everything. Perfect. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Science yeah. tells us now, after they in the 90s, uh, the U.S. especially, but every, all, all the other countries released the ban on absinthe. Science tells us that is not a medicine and yeah. <laughs> there are no particular properties of the absinthe that can actually lead you to have uh, hallucination or other bad trips let's put it this way uh-huh. the thing is everything came the bad reputation of absinthe of absin came from probably from the production method that they used.
0: Oh, those days. Oh, interesting. So,
4: unfortunately, no hallucination here, but maybe a little bit of magic because the cocktail is called the Necromancer.
0: So <laughs> it's perfect yeah. for what we're reading.
4: The recipe is pretty straightforward. It's three quarters of an ounce of each ingredient. So three quarters, three quarters of an ounce of absinthe, three quarters of an ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice three quarters of an ounce of Lille Blanc, three quarters of an ounce of elderflower liqueur, and a dash of gin.
0: Wow. Woo, she's boozy. Mm-hmm. She is. It's, <laughs> uh,
4: for elderflower liqueur, the most commonly uh, used is uh, Saint-Germain. Mm,
0: such a pretty bottle, too. Yeah,
4: very nice-looking bottle. <laughs> and uh, the Lille Blanc, it's a f- uh, French wine aperitif, Uh, If it's uh, very hard to find in your area, you can substitute it with coffee Americano. It's going to be a little different, but it's going to be good. It'll do
0: its job. Yes. Okay, cool.
4: And you put all the ingredients in the shaker, ice, shake it for 15 seconds at least, uh, and you double strain it because it's up. So you double strain it in a chilled coupe plus. And you're going to enjoy your Necromancer. Hello, salut, yes. ragazze. Oh, it's
0: thank you. Grazie, Ricardo. Wow. Cheers. Bye. Bye. All right, ladies.
3: Cheers. Salut. Salut. Clink.
0: Mm. I love that wow. flavor.
3: Wow! I do
0: too. Ooh, I didn't. I wasn't ready for how much I was gonna like it. Do you like licorice? I'm not a huge licorice person. Like I don't dislike it, but I really love this. Me too. See, I'm a. I love licorice.
2: Love Me too. It. But this is, <laughs> this is boozy. I
1: have boozy. to admit, I definitely was thinking of a different title for this cocktail. I mean, I was thinking necro.
3: Oh, you were thinking
1: necrophilia instead of necromancy. And I was like, why are we choosing that cocktail? And he was like, no.
3: Oh, boy. Very different
0: meanings. Oh, yeah. Well, on that note, (laughs) on the necrophiliac note, (laughs) This week, things get crazy as Virgil makes some, <laughs> we'll call them aggressive moves on Noemi. Yeah. You could use the little hashtag Me Too lesson. Yeah. yeah. And she finds herself now tied to the house. Francis presents himself as a secret ally with a plan to help Noemi and Catalina escape. But is he really an ally or is he really just Howard's puppet? Mm. And we finally hear the origin story of Howard's powers. Unfortunately, it seems Emma's sleeping beauty intel from last week might have been spot on. Mm -hmm. My heart literally stopped this week, a couple of moments, and I was like, Emma! (laughs) Emma! Emma. I feel like there were a couple of different theories you lobbed out that I was like, oh, my God, there it is. It's happening. I did that with both of you, too. I was like, how did they know? <laughs> I
3: know. I know. <laughs> how do we know?
1: But I will say, I think maybe I also might have been kind of on with this Garden of Eden thing because yeah. one of the first imagery that we get from this, uh, this chapter that we started with this week is Noah, me, and Virgil's room. Right. Mm -hmm. It says, She approached the painted screen in Virgil's room. She noticed that among the flowers and the ferns, there lay a snake. Mm. It was cleverly hidden, the eye peeking from behind a clump of roses. It lay in wait like the snake in the
0: Garden of Eden. Oof. Yeah, man. When we read, when I read that, that little mention, I was like, oh my God, that snake is Virgil. When it was like cleverly hidden yep. and like sneaky and sly, like that's him. Attacks at All you when you don't know it's there. Yeah. Exactly. Just like waiting, just like waiting to pounce. On its prey. Yeah. I don't like Virgil. And again, in this moment. I mean, really now. I know you guys really love him, but Um, I hate (laughs) him. Oh, dude. So, in this moment, she's in his room, and again, he's like thrusting inappropriately Mm -hmm. his sexuality at her. And I was like, what is with this? It was so gross. It was so sleazy. And am I crazy or was there a hint of jealousy at Noemi's relationship with Francis in this chapter when Virgil says, Mm. you have indeed been spending time with Francis, Virgil said, distaste clear on his face. And I was like, is it that he's jealous because he's falling in love with Noemi and he hates that she's falling for Francis? Or is he just so full of himself that he can't believe anyone would choose Francis over him? I think the latter. But, I I mean, I
1: definitely did note that
0: jealousy, though. Yeah, to me, I, I did have a
1: moment of, like, is he catching feelings for her? Like, is this genuine? I don't think it's feelings. I think that he does want her physically. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's
2: not. Yeah. I don't think there's anything emotional behind it. I I also do think that he likes playing up this this victim role in front of Noemi because mm-hmm. like there's at one point that he says to Noemi when they're talking about Catalina that initially Catalina what she wanted was a fairy tale and that he wanted to give her that like he was her knight in shining armor mm-hmm. right and she needed saving then it seems like and which wasn't the fact but what she really needs is the saving now but he's it's all about this guilt trip and this this victim persona that he's trying to play in front of
0: noemi yeah i found myself wondering if anything in that story was true at all because i just don't yeah i just don't believe him i feel like everything he says is to manipulate noemi and whatever he might be able to get her to do now based on what he says you know what i mean What do you think, do you
1: think that that whole conversation that he has with Noemi about why Catalina didn't end up loving him, like, going into his personality and, like, who he was, his essence of a being, do you think that that was all faked? I
0: think it's a half-truth, you know what I mean? Like, I think there might be something true to it, but I don't think he was ever really genuine with Catalina either you know what I mean like I don't think whatever his intentions were they weren't pure then so whatever he's saying they are now like it just isn't none of it's true none of it's real I think that he presented himself
1: to Catalina in the beginning as one person just to Mm -hmm. get her I don't think yeah I think we talked we touched on this last week that it wasn't actually a genuine thing. And I was confused about that because Catalina said that she does want true romance. And so there must have been something there that made her fall for him. Yep. But I don't think it was ever genuine. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I feel kind of bad like bringing this up because mm. um, on the heels of it being disgenuine, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. But this whole chunk really reminded me of um, – a relationship that I was in for five and a half years with someone where this was kind of reflected. And, and I think the whole situation is fascinating. And I'm curious if, if either of you know this feeling that I'm talking about. Well, let me go back to the let me first go back to the quote um, that leads into this. Virgil says to her, uh, change of a certain type, but not a change so grand that I'd become something I'm not. You can't change the essence of a thing. That is the problem. The point, I suppose, is that Catalina wanted someone else. She didn't want me, flesh and blood and flawed. I could not live up to her expectations. What she saw in me, it was never there. Mm. So this reminded me of my past relationship with this person of five and a half years, but it was a little fl- It was flipped because as you were saying, Mariana, in this case, I think he was actually trying to put on an air of someone that he wasn't to kind of, like, woo me or to, Mm. like, be the person that he thought that I wanted or I needed. And um, he thought towards the end that I was trying to change him, even though I didn't realize I was trying to do that. But... But I wasn't happy with all of his essence once I discovered all of that. And that's in part because, like I said, I didn't know all of his true full self until we lived together. Because then he felt comfortable and free Mm -hmm. living in his authentic self. And what a beautiful thing to be able to do that. Absolutely. With the right person. Yes, exactly. With the person, exactly. And um, so, you know, as I mentioned, he was trying to make me happy in the beginning. And like he probably suspected... Once I did see all of him, I did have some issues with some of his Mm new-to-me characteristics. And if things hadn't ended when they did, I probably would have stayed. And I probably would have tried to change those parts that I didn't love about him because I wouldn't have accepted them. And I think that's so fascinating that he called that out on me. And I was
2: so defensive about that. But I I think actually he was right. We spoke about this in one of the previous episodes that until you find the person that you're really comfortable with and that you can show all your true colors and you can be your authentic self is then when you start to evolve and when you start to mm-hmm. become who you, you're meant to be. Because yeah. I don't believe a person can change. I think a person right. can evolve and right. become right. Who, who they are meant to be or who they want to be.
3: Because yeah. the essence
2: is always there. And whatever you project to someone, if you choose to project yourself a certain way in a certain light, that's what you choose to do. But it all depends on, like, the relationship that you really want in the end. Uh, yeah. If you you're want so a relationship right. that is honest and that's comfortable and that is genuine. Mm-hmm. As opposed to you trying to be something yeah. that you're not to either that's make the it. other person be something or to make yourself right. be something.
0: I thought it was really interesting. At the top of Chapter 16, uh, Noemi finds herself in Francis's room. And he has butterflies carefully pinned under glass. And I thought, hasn't the writer described Noemi being looked at in this way by both Howard and Virgil, almost like she's a specimen? I thought it was also curious that Francis paints and Noemi's father is in paints. She even says in this chapter that she doesn't see any value in marrying someone in paint simply to grow the company, etc. There were just some odd little like symmetries happening in this moment Mm -hmm. between Noemi and Francis, alone in his room. That I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what to make of, but I, I just was like picking up clues and like mm. putting them in my basket. So, like Emma, I'm mentioning this as a nugget.
1: Great nugget heard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that one pays off later. It might.
2: Well, just bringing it back to the discussion we just had, I think the whole butterfly symbol for Noemi is like she's a fully evolved
0: creature that cannot be tamed. Interesting. Perhaps Noemi is our little green fairy.
1: Oh I'm seeing her. I'm seeing her. <laughs> <laughs> this absence is getting to my brain.
2: <laughs> to my brain.
1: Speaking of chemicals going to your brain, Noemi talks to Francis about going back to what you just said about the paints, Brandy. She talks to Francis about the chemicals that you inhale in paints and dyes to make Mm -hmm. you crazy. And this was the first time that he speaks to her in Spanish. (gasps) Right. Which I, I don't think I ever mentioned this in previous episodes, but I had clocked and I thought it was really weird that. There should have been some Spanish speaking in this book, considering half of our characters. Right. Well, maybe not half of our characters. Several of our characters speak Spanish. And and they're in Mexico.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's set in Mexico, but there's been no mention of actual Spanish speaking until now. And it's funny that it's coming from Francis. And he says to her, don't speak another word and tells her to leave High Place right this instant.
0: It's also really curious that Francis keeps reverting to Spanish to speak to Noemi since presumably the house and Howard can't understand it. Mariana's made points about this in the past that Howard mm-hmm. has not made an effort to learn Spanish. But I kept thinking Howard can still hear it, right? So wouldn't this be a clue to him that Francis is helping Noemi against Howard's wishes? It Really this this moment really made me question whether Francis is really on Noemi's side. It made me wonder if he's working as a double agent for Howard. What? See, I I don't
2: feel that at all and I didn't clock that because yeah. I actually from the get-go I've thought that Francis is 100% on Noemi's side. I They hope have he a is. special connection. Yeah. Um and we find out later in these chapters, I mean, I feel at least for me, he wants to help her survive this or possibly escape. He doesn't want her to end up like his father, Richard.
3: Mm-hmm. Because he
2: brings up his dad and how he died and how he's drunk and fell down the ravine. <laughs> he doesn't want that to happen. He provides her with the ticture, right?
0: That basically... Right.
2: That yep. helps her get out or get through or fight through this gloom that we. Right. I'm, I'm sure we will talk right. about later on in this episode. And going back to Howard, I, I wanted to bring up a little bit more about that because it like... It really peeves me to no end that Howard never learned Spanish. And I really think he didn't. And I don't think he ever made an effort to do so. And he never desired to immerse himself in the land he immigrated into. He arrived just to take advantage of the people and the land. To me, he's a real monster. Hmm. I think he is referenced as a monster at some point during these chapters Hmm. A man that will do anything to create and be super- the superior race while disregarding everything that is around him. And he's just killing and hurting people along the way. He's doing this to benefit himself and his family line. This is like, that's it true. For him.
0: Yeah, I hear that. The only thing about Francis, though, is while yes, he is being helpful to Noemi in this moment. So he says. We also know that the family has asked him to keep an eye on her. So I just don't quite... And this is where that little nugget from before, like, was kind of tickling my brain, where it was like, Mm. there are these little clues, though, in his bedroom of, like, the butterflies held captive under those picture frames. Like, there were just little things that I was like, is he really... Is he really on her side? And... There's no way that simply speaking Spanish is going to befuddle this house and his all-powerful, you know, oh, sure. god of a grandfather, Howard. Like, but can Howard actually hear everything that's happening? I thought there was some mention made of, at least if Howard can't, the house can. Well, right? Virgil mentioned that I
2: think we've mentioned that last episode that they hear everything or they know everything that's they going on know in the house. Everything. So, so even if I he's speaking
1: in Spanish and Howard can't understand the Spanish, he knows that he's speaking to that her. There's something. There's some off.
0: reason why Francis in would be speaking way. in Spanish, yeah. right? It's a secret. I didn't think, of and that. that would tip him off to be like, "Wait a minute, what the fuck's going on there?" But, but do you also think because
2: he is somewhat powerless or he's like further down on this like high ac- hierarchy of stature where where he lies in the line in the family line there's only so much he can do so he has to follow protocol so regardless he does have to follow through with what his family is doing because he's stuck there but he's using every other chance he has to help her out I don't know if he's a double agent in that regard but I think he's he's leaning more towards helping her out even though he has to still follow through with what his family wants from him
0: I just can't imagine he doesn't have to answer for this moment of speaking Spanish to her. I can't imagine that Howard doesn't know and that Howard isn't alarmed by it.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Howard finds out and then does something terrible to Francis. Like, I know I said before Mm -hmm. that I think Francis is dead. I don't know that I necessarily still stand Mm. true, that I uh, still hold that to be true, because now I kind of have this feeling that he's going to try to help Noah meet and something terrible is going
2: to happen to him. Or maybe he's also dying slowly because w- there's been mention of like the bags under his eyes and just how sickly he's been looking. Maybe he's just like this slow poisoning that's getting to him.
0: I mean, I feel like they're all dying until they get this infusion of right. baby they get to eat or whatever it is. Ew. You know, like he won't whoa. get that
2: fusion of that
0: <laughs> infusion <laughs> of, that of that baby. That. <laughs> that is and the
3: bibbit. The bibbit. <laughs> <The baby.
0: laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> I
2: yeah. wanted to mention this beautifully written and heartbreaking moment. Oh, great. Uh, Noemi is in the middle of having a very honest conversation about the house and Howard Doyle's illness with Francis. And Francis is clearly unhappy and lonely and hurt. I feel so mm. bad for him. I Regardless of everything. Sylvia writes, what resemblance could sprout in a young heart when all affection and love had been denied? Because she could only imagine, she could not imagine anyone ever loving Francis. Mm. Yeah. And this is what Sylvia's writing about Noemi. To me, he has nothing to lose, but everything to gain by being an ally, friend, or possible lover to Noemi. Yeah. Yeah. She sees him. I think they're finding companionship with each other.
0: I hope so. It seems do you guys, like it. Do you guys watch Succession? Oh, yeah. I watched the first two I episodes. I love that show. Okay, you need to finish. You I know, one like all Big the Emmys. But I always think, I keep thinking of Francis as Cousin Greg. It's just <laughs> too like, in my mind I picture. And I just want him to, I want him to find his way, Cousin Greg. <laughs> oh,
3: <that's> so funny.
0: <laughs> find your way, baby F.
1: Well, I thought this was really interesting. In chapter seventeen, we find out for the first time that Noemi is a virgin. Huh? Which, yeah. I think the three of us had kind of discussed that on our own, and just and maybe this is terrible. We just kind of assumed that she wasn't. Yeah, uh, I mean, she just she's seems so more progressive,
2: active. Yeah, and it's had many boyfriends along the way. Yeah, seems and she's like. she's not young she says that she worried that
1: that if she had slept with any of the men that she had dated that they would entrap her
3: yeah and
1: i totally understand that because you know women actually hormonally do start to develop feelings for men as um or women once they sleep with them like that's just kind of in our chemical makeup which is not for men which is really interesting Mm -hmm. Um, and then she says that there was also the smidgen of fear in her heart Fear of so many things. But with Francis, here we go. Yeah. She forgot to fear. And then I thought, you know, then she goes back to fucking Hugo. Like, we all forgot about Hugo.
3: I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hugo. Poor <laughs> Hugo.
1: So then she, she's thinking of Hugo. And then she says, oh, you're turning mawkish. She thought he's not even handsome. And, like, goes right back to the. Right. Um, Aesthetic. Exactly. So yeah, I guess she she really is developing whether or not Francis is developing feelings for her, she right. clearly oh, seems to be is. developing feelings for him.
0: I have a little theory about our no. little cousin Francis. Oh, another theory. But I'm gonna theory. wait. For it. I'm gonna drop it later, but I really <laughs> I, just I would love think every other theory pure. that you have given us to be
2: right. <laughs> that you'd be right on the money except for this one. I don't know. There's a special place in my heart with Francis.
0: I agree. Reason. And I think that's part of why I feel like he's bound to break our hearts. You know what I mean? Because he's been, he's being set up as such a like perfect partner for her. And it yeah. just cannot be real. That's why I think something's going to happen to him.
2: Him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So there's no way it ends up a happy ending for them.
1: I One hope not. If this book ends in like a happy, perfect little bow, I'm going to be pissed. I want death. I want disaster. <laughs> I don't want this to end well. It's is a Tell horror gothic really feel, novel. Emma. Right,
2: seriously. <laughs> I want rated R.
0: Well, we have gotten a lot of rated R That's stuff. That's true. Though. Rated Dude, X, triple X. So <laughs> speaking of the triple X stuff... <laughs> We get to chapter 17 and little Miss Noemi is enjoying herself a little bath by herself in private in her own room, in her own bathroom with the door closed. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like, Virgil's just there. And we get this horrific little rapey moment between Noemi and Virgil, which was horrific. Which was very explicit, too. It's like you could really. I could
2: envision everything that was going on.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean. Kudos to Sylvia.
3: But
0: it did make me wonder, I I don't know why I keep trying to give Virgil the benefit of the doubt, but is it possible that Howard is already, like, you know, we've had this theory going that Howard, something's being passed from the father to the son, that Howard Mm. is maybe going to be transmigrating his soul into Virgil's body. Is it possible that Howard is already occasionally taking over Virgil's body? Could... Could this be what those golden flecks in his eyes represent? These moments when he's actually not Virgil, he's actually Howard. His eyes are described this way during this dream moment in the bathtub when he essentially rapes her in her dream. And then Howard's eyes are described as having had this golden glow later during that horrifying little moment in the bedroom mm-hmm. when he kisses Noemi, infecting her with that black Ugh. disgusting Squid inky liquid. Ink. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.
1: I mean, that's an interesting question, but I, I kind of feel like Virgil doesn't need Howard to be in his body to act like this. I think that he is already mm. on his own pretty powerful and slar- smarmy. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, I, I know what you're saying, but I think I feel like he kind of owns that just being himself.
0: Interesting. You know, do you have a theory about what the golden flecks are about in the eyes? Yeah, I think he's a fucking snake.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got it. I think okay. he's like a serpent. I wanted to know in this. See, I'm gonna say in this dream, but I'm a little hard pressed to actually believe that this was a dream. I kind of feel yeah. like maybe this is I IRL in real life. I agree. Yeah. In this terrifying bathtub moment, whatever, whatever. I wanted to know what was in this wine tasting kiss from Virgil that makes her give in. Right oh because she's like no 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 and then he kisses her and then she's like oh, okay so it's like what is in his mouth right it's the same question of what was in that line mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and the same question of what is in howard's
2: mouth like what is this that makes her melt and
1: acquiesce yes
2: basically. exactly I wonder if this like foul liquid, this black ink liquid is being used to somehow poison them and it's being added to the wine slowly. And depending on how much the quantity of that liquid is used in the wine mixed with the wine is how they're going to react. Mm. So if there's like a little a little bit of wine it like it gives her this this desire. She's if like being more, drugged she,
0: basically. Yeah. If she
2: drinks more of it, then she goes into the state of having hallucinations. I'm curious if the same way that Florence has been poisoning their food that we find out during these chapters that right. Florence has been poisoning Catalina and Noemi's food, right. if they're also being poisoned with this foul liquid in their wine. You know what I just thought of?
1: <laughs> what? Did either Tell of us. you see or attend Sleep No More?
0: Yes. I
1: never did. Oh. I auditioned for it when I was a dancer though. Oh, really? I never actually saw that, yeah. Oh. I just all of a sudden had an image of Sleep No More, and I was like, this oh. book would be so cool to turn into like a choose <gasps> your own adventure, oh like live God. interactive, like set in a way set in like a scary house, and you get absinthe cocktails. <gasps> that when sounds amazing.
0: Scary... Yeah. Whenever
2: theater is back.
0: Oh, my God. If it comes... I mean, I know it'll come back. Well,
2: and we're recording this episode Mm. on the day that we have found out the release came out that Broadway, the Broadway League, has decided to continue shut down Broadway until May of 2021. I think June. I think June. At the end of May. Yeah. May, June. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So sad. I just wanted to say to all of our friends, colleagues... uh, teachers, everybody who is in this theater community right now who has obviously slowly digesting this really sad news that we are with you, we love you, Mm. we are part of this community and we're going to do everything in our power to be able to continue moving forward to bring Broadway back because it's something that is so powerful and it changes people's lives Mm. on a daily.
1: Yeah. Cheers. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Cheers to that. Salute. Oh,
0: I need another necromancer. Mariana and I were saying <laughs> earlier, we both made doubles and we usually make triples. But this one, we were like, it's so strong. I better only stay with yeah. a double. But I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm almost done with it. You <laughs> are beast. Brandy. What, do you have a beer waiting for you when you're done? <laughs> no, I should have. But I didn't. I didn't because I was like, this is a strong drink. So I better not. But now I'm I have a it. salsa. Ah, oh, there it moved. is. I got some boring <laughs> water waiting for me. Bo- Whatever. <laughs> Where do we go well, from here? So in this moment between Virgil and Noemi in the bathtub, she, she falls into a dream or a hallucination. And it seems like she's momentarily back in that nightmarish moment with that birth of the egg. Ugh. And from it, in this dream, grows a white stalk, which she initially thinks is a snake. Mm. But then she realizes she'd just seen a similar image in Francis's room, captioned, universal veil. Oh, mm. that universal veil. That, that tricky <laughs> Let's little get into veil. her. So it isn't a snake emerging from an egg, but a mushroom emerging from a cocoon-like universal veil. And I was like, oh. Is that what the egg in the birth dream actually was? Was it a mushroom shrouded in a veil? And then when Noemi dreams that she's in the coffin, she too is shrouded, possibly in her own universal veil. Yeah. I was like, fuck, is she already, like, becoming part of the house? Like, yeah, I mean, we'll learn later, obviously, that, like, there's a whole... mushroom fungus component to what's going on with this house and I was like oh my god if dreams foretell what's coming is this dream foretelling her future is she already she thinks that there's a way out but is she already so entrenched in this that there's not yeah
1: (sighs) I just want to say universal veil
2: (laughs) I don't know why it really makes She's me giggle. She's moving beyond oil lamps. <laughs> it just really makes me giggle.
1: Veil. But also okay. I feel like maybe we should let our listeners know in case they didn't Google it like we did. Oh, yeah. So the Good Universal thought. Veil. Oh, that's true. I was reading this. I was like, what the fuck is this Universal Veil? So the Google. U- the Universal Veil. I feel like our podcast should be sponsored by Google. I think almost every episode I'm like, so I Googled
3: this. <laughs>
1: no, fuck that. Okay, so the Universal Veil is a temporary... Temporary membranous tissue that fully envelops immature fruiting bodies of certain gilled mushrooms.
0: Yeah. If you don't know
1: what that means, I don't know how to tell you that any better. So just, you gotta Google, just it Google it yourself.
0: It. Yeah, because it <laughs> just looks like that, a Google. little covering over a mushroom.
1: Yeah, and it also can show up as like those little white dots that you see on the mushroom cap. That's also the right. universal veil,
0: right? Little, yeah, once the mushroom like, opens up, y'all. little pieces of the veil are still left on top. Yeah. Mm. But it is worth saying that when the, when the mushroom is covered in a universal veil, it looks like an egg, but it's not. Once it opens up, it's a mushroom. Yes. And I think it's worth noting that
1: a lot of these do, as we mentioned earlier, have a phallic shape. Mm-hmm. Which Noemi at some point does talk about those phallic mushrooms, and so yeah. I mean, I'll never learn about that the same way again. after this. Never again. Never.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Little science. One thing lesson. that I, aside from the science lesson, one thing that I wanted to bring up, um, we keep on hearing this over and over while she's dreaming these mm, dreams. Yeah. Um, there's a voice, a female voice. Saying open your eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it started making me think because we now we find out a little bit more about Ruth and and last episode we found out more about the whole event that played out when Ruth not only killed a lot of the family members, but she then committed suicide. Right. So the woman who is saying, open your eyes,
3: mm-hmm. could
2: this be Ruth? Could Ruth be the destroying angel? that's what I thought that's interesting she could be Noemi's angel who is guiding her through this Noemi could be ultimately the the female who survives this right and therefore destroys everybody else right something that Ruth started to do but couldn't finish yeah so I'm curious if you guys had a similar inclination honestly I hadn't thought about it but
1: <laughs> but that makes a lot of sense because earlier, in the last one of the chapters that we read in the last episode, Ruth is the one that said to her, "Right, like I should have burned
0: the house down." Wait, yeah, is that this yeah. is that in one
1: of these chapters. I think
0: that might be in one of these chapters. But I'm yeah, totally Ruth mixed definitely up. says it.
1: Yeah, she's yeah, the one that that's does like, happen. I should have burned the house down. Yeah, yeah. So it does make sense. I think that's really smart of you, Mariana, that she could be there because she's like. You're the one that's going to have to do this because right. I wasn't able to.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, I totally agree with that. Noemi is almost like taking up the mantle of what Ruth had in had hoped to do, or maybe intended to do. But now Noemi is going to be the one to like complete the mission.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and
1: I'm still curious about this dream situation, like if she's actually dreaming, because when she was in the bathtub. So I did, I bought it when when Virgil's like, oh, you were sleepwalking. And I was like, oh, she was sleepwalking. But then Sylvia makes this note to let us know that she was wearing a bathrobe with water droplets clinging to her body. Mm
3: -hmm. So she had
1: been in the bath. Right. So did she fall asleep in the bath? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so the only way that I think that that could make sense is if she was, if she fell asleep while she was in the bath, and um right. and was not, and she was sleepwalking from there as opposed to like sleeping from her room. And then I was wondering if Virgil is the one who's controlling the sleepwalking.
3: Hmm. Like,
1: huh. is he? That's interesting. Is he the is. the magician? The or the she's the the marionette, and
0: who's the what's it? Whoever controls the marionettes, that's interesting too because Virgil does always seem to be the one who like shows up Mm -hmm. when he's like always around in these moments when this happens. Well, the first thing that struck me in chapter 18 was this
1: fucking Catalina. She's starting to piss me off though. <laughs> oh, no. Catalina. Wow. Catalina. Yeah. She doesn't seem to give two fucks that Noemi is there for her. Noemi mm-hmm. is risking her life and putting herself in this. Unco- She's living in this fucking terrifying house in terrible circumstances with yeah. terrifying people. And Noemi is always demanding that she be allowed to check in on Catalina. But then Catalina is so blasé about it. It doesn't seem like she's on her team at all. Is it because she's drugged or because she's just like a really selfish person and doesn't even understand Hmm. the severity
0: of what the situation is? I think this is Catalina sort of realizing. I think Catalina is up on what's going on in this house a little bit. And I think she knows she has to be really careful and play this really perfectly if, if Noemi going to be able to help her. So I think she's just always kind of trying to play the moment correctly. And is the house listening or is whatever's in the walls listening? Like, you know what I mean? So I think it comes huh. off as blasé, but I think it's actually her, like, playing chess in her head. You think she's lucid enough to do that? Yeah, especially since I can't remember when this happens. But, you know, she hands me that note that is Ruth's, I think, presumably, it's Ruth's writing from that journal that she had planted in that, you know, in that Sor Juana book, the poems. And so clearly she's lucid enough to, A, have found that journal entry, B, have placed it in that book in a place where Noemi would find it in a way that's inconspicuous and wouldn't set off alarm bells in the walls, you know? Like, clearly, she's like moving little ponds trying to get everything just perfect so that they can get the fuck out of there alive. That's interesting because
2: then I'm wondering what, what I've said in previous episodes that someone was controlling Catalina and the way that she would react to, like for instance, Doctor Caramillo. right, or that's the way true. that she would react when P- when um, Noemi and her were on by themselves, right. If she's actually the one like playing chess and figuring things out for herself to get it to get herself in the ideal situation or in the or have the ideal scenario for them to be able to escape, then. She might have faked her seizure. She might have faked her hallucinations That's true. because why go from zero to 180 in 0.2 seconds? Like, right. how, how does that happen? Maybe it's not the manipulation of the poison. Maybe it's her trying to figure this out because she's been there a sufficient amount of time to know what will work and what right. doesn't work.
1: Huh. Right. I never even thought of that as being a possibility.
0: Neither That's did I until Brandon brought it up. Hmm. That's interesting
1: well then maybe you also have theories about my next question (laughs) what's up with this rain I feel like for the first time in the book there's all this talk about oh we can't do this because it's going to be raining really hard and so the cars
0: won't be able to come very convenient by Mm. the way Right. That they bring up like, oh, all of a sudden it's going to be raining. You can't go to town anymore. It's like very convenient timing with this rain. Yeah. And
1: it made me think about when we were talking about in another episode is the uh, the mist around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I started wondering, like, if the house is actually the one controlling these elements, is the house controlling the mist? Um. Is it controlling the rain? Is it deciding, is it bringing them up at the opportune moments when it needs these um, safety coverings so that you're essentially stuck where you are. I don't know. Yeah. I just,
2: it feels too convenient. Mm-hmm. Totally. I totally agree with that, Emma. I think that things seem to me that are kind of premeditated or at least controlled. Everything is controlled by the house or by the individuals in the house. Including the um, outside circumstances. Including, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there have been hints throughout the last couple of chapters where all of a sudden there's no mist when Dr. Carmillo appears. Right. Then when Noemi wants to leave, there's the rain. And then when Noemi wants to escape, the mist is or the fog is so powerful, then she starts losing oxygen and she can't really breathe. Mm -hmm. So she has to run back home. That is so annoying. Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's more than just a coincidence. I wanted to bring up one more thing before we move on. And this is something that I thought about while reading this chapters is because uh, at one point, Noemi somehow finds herself with a book of Persephone uh-huh. and again, giving an homage to Broadway right now during uh-huh. this time. Mm-hmm. Um, she reads about the golden hair Persephone and how she has been dragged down in the underworld by Hades.
3: Mm-hmm. After
2: eating a few pomegranate seeds, she was changed to his shadow world. Yeah. So before Broadway shut down, I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to attend the opening of Hades Town. Oh. oh Which with my friend Willa Burke. Shout out to Willa. Hey hey because she's following <laughs> us. So hey Willa! Hey, Willa. <laughs> Hi Willa <laughs> and then also uh I was able to take my mom last summer to see Town because I knew she would love it. That was
1: beautiful. Um,
2: and I can honestly say that I have never been so moved by a musical as much as this one. I don't Aww. know if either of you ladies saw Town. Yeah, I, I did. It
1: was gorgeous. Uh, the
2: music, the choreography, the realness of the love stories, and the phenomenal work by these mind-blowing actors. It, it was literally something that I will never forget. And we've talked so much about how the Doyles want to stay young forever and live in merriment. Yeah. There is a number between Persephone and Hades in Hadestown when they recall how they felt when they were young, mm-hmm. when they first felt and fell in love, this young love, before greed, power, sin took over and where hope was lost. So it's so sad, but that love turned into pain and anguish. And all you're left with is a memory, which then made me think about my parents my parents met when they were eight and 13 holy shit which is insane wow Wow. and of course they had this young undeliable love but they were also willing to hold on to not just the memory but they were willing to hold on to the realness and the the reality about what love could be and how love could grow and evolve and i think that's all you ever want And it's so amazing that when you see art that makes you feel that way, where you are like literally brought to tears of what that memory could have been for you Mm. or what that reality could be. And I think that all-encompassing love and an all-encompassing love story is when you are able to stay together and overcome obstacles. But that feeling is not just a memory. It's alive and breathing. And I Mm. think that's what we all want to Aim for, or at least I do, and I just wanted to like say all that because Broadway means so much to me, and I know it bring it means so much to both of you. And Silvia Moreno Garcia bringing up Persephone's and and Hades, it just made me think of a, yeah. a beautiful piece of art.
1: Also, oh. what a beautiful love story of your parents! My God! Um, oh, I know, I know. Thanks. eight yeah. and thirteen. That's yeah. crazy. Well, I feel kind of terrible, like crushing this beautiful moment. I know. (laughs)
0: Because next chapter, yeah, the next thing I
1: want to talk about was what the fuck happened with Howard? No, it all falls the fuck apart. Oh fuck, man. (laughs) So yeah, sorry. We got to change tunes. (laughs) It's a beautiful story. (laughs) Now I want to get into this deep, dirty, nasty fuck, Howard. Uh. So, fucking Howard! He kisses her. Her teeth fall out. I don't understand. I literally wrote, "OMFG, G G G G what? What <Yeah>. is happening? <laughs> like, what are the boils on his legs? <laughs> Ugh, Why does know. he have those? Um, so gross! What's going on with his mouth? This color black. The ink is everything rotted. Oh, the mushrooms oh, are sprouting oh, oh. from her. But then, it occurred to me that Francis was in the room the whole time. And so it was as if he knew this was going to happen to her. And so I still am not quite on board with you yet, Brandy. I still don't feel like there's dark motives. But this was the first moment where I thought, wait, Mm. he knew something terrifying
0: was going to happen to her and didn't Mm. warn her. Well, I think we knew that though, because How? just to give a little bit of context, like right before this, they were all down at the dinner table because, as far as she knows, Noemi's leaving tomorrow. But when Virgil says like oh you've got to go upstairs and say goodbye to the old man like he's expecting you or whatever Francis keeps trying to put off this moment remember Francis keeps trying to be like no it's too early are you sure oh, to the point you're that right. Virgil and Florence look at him like what the fuck is wrong with you stop see so he and does then, care And then he take her up Does he I don't yes. know. To, I don't know Maybe he's conflicted, but I do think he's he's, he's a double agent. He's working both no. sides. I don't think no. so. Yeah, come on. No, come I on. don't think so. No. I hope I hope not. I hope they end up with a love story like Mariana's parents. I just don't know. <laughs> Imagine like
2: Juan and Ana Maria. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's in the cards for them. But so in this chapter also, we finally get the frickin' origin story of how Doyle became essentially immortal. So it seems like Doyle was irreparably ill back like, I guess this goes back 300 years ago. He was irreparably ill. These people that he finds in this cave were able to save him when nothing and no one else could. And he recognized that the remedy that these rougher people gave him was being underutilized and he sees a different use for this medicine whatever it is and so he drowns the priest who had helped to save him and then he burns everything belonging to these people who have helped save his life essentially so he basically steals their magic and leaves them with nothing. He is a monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. But it made me wonder, I mean, in this moment, he's he's sort of described as becoming godlike because he achieves immortality through this medicine, whatever it was they gave him. And it made me wonder, was the priest, I wasn't clear on this, was the priest in on the fact that whatever their remedy for health was, that it could make them immortal? And if he was in on it, does that mean he, the priest, was their god at this time? And if he was their god, does that mean that drowning is how you kill a god? Because that's how Howard killed this priest. Is that crazy? No, I I mean, (laughs) I, I don't...
3: I was just they're looking drunk, at Emma's y'all. face. They're <laughs> dry. We were you just like wow, it, but they're asleep. Wow, I
2: was wow. looking at you with my mouth open. <laughs> um uh, I I do agree with you as like the priest knowing all of this, being in the new. Yeah. I don't think drowning is the only way to kill a god because I'm gonna go to Emma's point, like what you said about burning. Emma's point about the cigarettes. She's dropped that little nugget over and over again. Yeah. I think you can also kill that god and everything that it goes along with that god by burning down
3: right. the house,
2: the god, the and everything with it. So maybe fire
1: or water, like any of the major elements. Yeah. All oh, the elements interesting. Ha, ha, ha. Mm. Earth, wind, fire. Fire. Captain
0: Planet. I don't know why that's what. She's our
3: hero.
2: To me. <laughs> didn't that like he's our hero? What was that? I remember that song. Gonna don't take
0: you? pollution Maybe. down to zero.
2: <laughs> Who what is this?
0: You don't Emma. know
2: Captain Planet? Emma. Captain Planet. Oh, Emma.
0: Was it the cable? Intro. I
2: I didn't grow up with cable.
0: Yeah, was it, it cable? was a I think so. It was a cartoon. And it—that's how the intro started out. Was like Earth, wind, wind fire, fire, water, Captain Planet, oh, is our hero. That's ringing a bell.
1: No, I don't know Captain. I watched, and DR it's funny because I never child. watched it. I know I never watched it But For some reason, I remember <laughs> the you song. Never watch it, <laughs> fuck you too.
0: Emma, you we, don't have to play that. But I know. Of but we it. know the
3: song.
0: It's like saying you don't know Power Rangers. I was or just gonna say I was obsessed go, go with Power, Power, Power
1: Rangers, <laughs> and I listened to a podcast episode today, and they were interviewing the original
2: Kim. <gasps> Kim, I loved her. Kim, the, yeah, pink, the pink one, the pink one. Yes, and I was, I was like, just gonna say she was my favorite. Me too. Aww. <laughs> my notes are written in pink, so that has something oh, there to say we go. that I love. Okay. Kim. Anyway, in this <laughs> chapter, we also find out that according to Virgil, Catalina will be investing money in the mine. <gasps> yeah. Right. And I was like, "What? Okay. Yeah. Is that really happening? Mm. Is this something mm-hmm. that you're just
0: saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I was pretty infuriated when he like just casually dropped that. Right. Like, oh, by the way, Catalina's fortune is going to be pulling us out of our hole here. And does she know Such that? A fucker. Yeah, exactly. Is she That's aware? Right, right. Of what's happening? That's a good question.
1: I bet she didn't sign on to that from the beginning. I don't but think Nina so. We don't
2: you know. Are you aware?
0: Otherwise, if she had known from the beginning, they would have already been using her money. You know what I mean? Like if she had True. been a willing participant, they would have been using it already. Right. So fucked up. Mm-hmm. So along with the fucked upness. We get to chapter 20, and I was like, oh my fucking God, all of the incest. <laughs> so, Howard's two wives, it turns out, were actually his sisters. Bum, bum, bum. He also tried to force Ruth to marry Wait. her cousin, which is why she flips out and kills everybody. <laughs> And we find out possibly, like, this was so horrifying to me. He also tried to impregnate Florence, his own niece. Mm. But he couldn't because he was too old. Right. Right. That was the reason why. That's the only reason why. And then there was also mention made of Virgil marrying Cummins' daughter. Oh, God. Who is maybe a distant cousin. So we, we find out that Virgil had been married before. He's a divorcee. He claims Cummins' daughter left him after all of these Supposedly miscarriages. Right. Yeah, that was very suspicious. All the incest in this section just made me want to vomit.
3: <laughs> yep. What, well, you don't like incest,
0: Brandy? <laughs> you know, it's just not for me, I think. It's maybe just not my cup of tea. It's not the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, maybe.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: Brandy, I have to give you props because you called it from the beginning about these mushrooms because now oh. we find out that they are in fact breathing in the essence of the mushrooms that it's in the air it's in the walls that the servants are breathing them mm-hmm. and that, that there's not much of them left which explains all of our questions about the servants right they're like hollowed out or something almost
0: like they've been spent that's so sad
1: but you call that from the get-go they're,
0: the mushrooms are everywhere Yeah, well, they're everywhere. And then also in this chapter, we find out that essentially the women who have died, or at least I guess the woman who died, who we've seen in Noemi's dream, has essentially become part of the gloom and become part of the house. And I wasn't quite clear on like what that means does that mean that the woman is still sort of conscious within the walls of the house is she like trapped Mm -hmm. does some part of her always exist buried in the walls of the house like some kind of purgatory you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. Like still (laughs) (laughs) like casper or like the way some people describe like coma patients you know what i mean like they're still aware and sort of awake but not able to move that is so terrifying. I mean, yeah, did you guys have a sense of what's going on with that? Like, is do you think that's why Ruth is able to come back to Noemi? Because like in some form she does still exist within these walls. Well, don't they say the ghosts stay
2: around because they 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 still have inf- unfinished business? Yeah, they have unfinished business. Yeah so somehow
0: they're trapped in in both realities because there's yeah but I mean in this instance it seems like it's the house or this magic that Howard has harnessed that is trapping them like it I don't know that it's so much these women having unfinished business as it is them I mean I think they do have unfinished business but I think it's it's more so that like they're being held here or something. Yeah.
1: Well, we hear several times that you're not able to leave High Place, and I right, think right, that right. this right. is what they mean by that.
2: The, oh, the end all be all. You like can't even leave if you're dead. You you're still part here. of the house like this. Oh god. Yeah. That's... And maybe that's why it's so dark all the time. Because if the lights went on, who mm. knows what you would find? Ew. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> Ew.
0: That just really broke my heart, that idea of these women being trapped in the walls of the house.
1: I don't even know that it's just women. I think it's men and women. You yeah. think it's everyone. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this woman That's in true. particular. Yeah. But I think it, it happens to everyone like that Like everyone there. becomes
2: part of the gloom. Except for Dr.
1: <laughs> Cummins. He doesn't get trapped.
2: Well, I'm wondering if like these right. bodies are trapped in there, but those women who have unfinished business are the ones that are speaking to Noemi. Mm, like reaching out to her mm-hmm. for help. For help. Mm. Everybody else is just trapped, but these women are the ones that are like, you you need to be our savior.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Oh God. Feminine power. I also wanted to say there's so much mention of this black inky liquid that Howard's body is leaking. <laughs> And it's all, it's the liquid he like pours into her when he kisses her. Oh, yeah. So when I looked it up, I found a Reddit thread asking, <laughs> what are these weird mushrooms dripping black liquid on the ground? Stop and the it. first, yeah, the first response in this thread, I shit you not, reads verbatim. Looks like a shaggy mane mushroom. <laughs> they taste good when they're young, like that one on the left. Jeez. That last sentence sounded creepy. Someone typed that. Yeah. And I was like, that's especially creepy since we now know the Doyles do eat the young ones. Ugh. Because in that dream, we see Noemi relives this dream and she witnesses them actually eating a baby. Also, like in Sleeping Beauty, when the king eats his twins. Yes, yes, Right. I thought of you at that moment. I was like, oh, my God. Emma had it fucking right. I don't know. So they. They, I mean, they're eating the baby. Like, the, you know, that's it. You're right. <laughs> the baby. So, but when I <laughs> looked baby. up photos of that mushroom,
3: Shots that shaggy. <laughs> don't
1: eat the baby.
2: Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, Brandy. They Sorry, don't follow Brandy. that advice. But so when I looked up photos of those mushrooms, the shaggy mane mushroom, it's really interesting. <laughs> they emerge from the ground, almost looking like a soft fuzzy egg and then the egg-like thing opens up it's that universal veil it opens up from (laughs) the bottom and it becomes the cap of the mushroom revealing these white or pink gills underneath that eventually turn black they start emitting spores and an inky black (gasps) liquid no This mushroom especially is unusual because it'll turn black and dissolve itself (sighs) in a matter of hours after being picked or after depositing spores. Kind of like what it seems like is happening to Howard's body. It's just dissolving if he doesn't get into another body soon enough. He's decaying. Yeah, he's decaying. Exactly. If you look at pictures of these mushrooms, it's gross. Like they literally are dripping black stuff oh like they stain the ground underneath them it's it's like ink that's fascinating
1: that's really interesting brandy that's like what a little nugget that's quite a nugget that's a good nugget maybe well i did some googling (laughs) uh some more googling (laughs) google (laughs) in this episode because howard's amber ring was brought up several times yeah and i was like there's got to be something with this amber and and i do i really like crystals and i like gemstones and i did know that amber does have healing properties it's it's used to draw diseases from the body and absorb pain and negative energy which is really interesting in relation to this Uh, circumstances in which we're reading Mm. about this amber ring Mm. but then i learned some other really cool properties of amber it relieves headaches and opens the throat center which i thought was interesting because Noemi keeps talking about this really uh painful pounding in her head
3: yeah
2: right
1: it's so amber is known as a gold of the sea formed by light and life preserved by time Amber holds a strong connection to the sun and earth, as well as the once-living insects, organisms, and plant matter that are forever suspended within its golden structure. It attunes to ancient wisdom and can be a powerful tool for past life recall or for stimulating the remembrance of genetic lessons and experiences passed down from one's ancestors. That's interesting. It is useful for clearing family patterns and initiating one's prerogative of choice. So, like, who knew that Amber could do all of this? And now I'm like, well, that seems to be a really good reason for why he's wearing Amber on his body at all times. Yeah, that's pretty prescient. Sylvia Moreno-Garcia.
0: She has done her research. This woman used the Google machine, you know? (laughs) Like, she really knows what she's talking about. The Google
2: machine.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Just type that it into Google the Google machine.
1: <laughs> All right. So I wanted to say that. So now we've come to our final chapter of this chunk of chapters. The first thing I noted was Dr. Cummins saying about Naomi: if she damaged her face, Howard would have been very sore about it. And I don't actually right. remember the reference into her damaging her face. Do you even know it's what that's because in she to? tried
0: to escape the house. Remember, she tries to leave, yes. and,
1: and then she,
0: can't, she breathe. can't breathe. Yeah, and then Virgil carries her ass back into the house. That's and, it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So he says if she damaged her face, Howard would have been very sore about it. The reason that they all realized that Noemi was more suitable than Catalina is because she's more beautiful. I know that we had talked about that. Like, why was Noemi the stronger choice? Mm-hmm. And I guess it really does come down to her looks. That's... And that's why Florence said that a pretty face was a liability. I was, I had questions about that in a previous episode. And now I'm like, oh, it's because Florence is like, you're pretty. They're going to choose you. You're fucked. Yeah, yep.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So off of that, I have a creepy little theory
2: about Francis. Here
0: we go. So Florence says in chapter 15 to Noemi of Francis, do you think Howard would let him have you? Oh. And I thought that was really interesting because she italicized the him and the you. So clearly Florence thinks noemi has some worth right like clearly florence understands that noemi is valuable Mm -hmm. to them and i was like is it possible that howard is forcing francis to lie to noemi the same way i thought like could howard be bewitching virgil you know with those golden flecks in his eyes is it possible that howard is using francis to lure noemi into their web just the same way that Virgil has forced Noemi to do things, Francis tells Noemi that the plan is for Howard to transmigrate into Virgil's body. But it's odd that the plan is for Howard to overtake Virgil, and yet Virgil isn't pissed about it. He's not worried about it. He doesn't seem to feel anything about it. Virgil's a pretty confident, like, guy. Like, he doesn't seem to have any misgivings about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I thought, is it possible that Howard is actually going to take over Francis? But Francis doesn't know it yet. And in this way, Howard could be grooming Noemi to actually end up with him, even though she doesn't know it. You know what I mean? Like, she thinks she's falling in love with Francis or catching feelings for Francis. But could it actually be Howard? And could it be Howard that she's going to end up with which would make Florence's statement do you really think Howard would let him have you make a lot of sense my point being is it possible that Howard is actually going to be taking over Francis and not Virgil
1: do you think Francis knows that if that
0: were true I don't think so but you think I'm wondering though I do think Virgil probably knows
2: because there are certain things that Francis does say to Noemi, like Howard is a monster. Mm-hmm. You can never leave this house. He's gonna die, and he's the end of me. Like there's no end to Virgil. So I mean, to Howard, there's no end to Howard. So I'm wondering, maybe Francis does know. And to your point, if that were the case, that Howard is gonna take over Francis's body, that's why Francis feels so down in the dumps because he knows what the end game is he knows where his doom Ah, lies and why Virgil doesn't give a crap right and that's why he keeps on saying all these things to Noemi is she he is trying to help Noemi so it doesn't end up that way but he knows that ultimately for him he is going to be taken over by Howard right if we're going down that path
1: and maybe that's yeah. why he has all the black circles under his eyes because mm. the life is like slowly draining from him Being now. Out of him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't I thought know. of that. It's a nugget. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> it's a <laughs> good knows? nugget.
2: Should we get into something juicy or moist? Oh. <laughs> Oh, God, I don't know. You ruined it. <laughs> I'm nervous for these final <laughs> questions now. Uh, so, Noemi, right, describes her sexual wet dream with Virgil. Oh, yeah. Wet as in she's what, in Wet because bathtub. she's in a bath. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Get your head out
1: of the gutter, Emma. Oh, uh, okay.
3: No,
2: got I got it. you. I got you. Okay. Um, And she describes this in a strange yet erotic way which i get why your head would be in the gutter but anyway she says it was pleasurable but in a terrible way like when she'd had a cavity and kept pressing her tongue against it i kind of love this metaphor and it got me thinking have you chicas ever continued doing something that was so pleasurable and you knew it was so wrong But continued doing it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to finish my drink while you guys think.
3: No, I
1: got it. I have, I have, I have, I kind of have two answers to this. Go, go girl. The first thing that came to mind was when, you know, when you get like a really bad sunburn and your skin is peeling and you want to like, and you peel the skin off. I love doing that, and I love getting it in like big layers. Oh, like I Rose. like if someone could just have like a really sunburned back and just let me like peel the skin like in oh sheets. my god, that's <laughs> disgusting. I love that. But the thing, <laughs> poor Ricardo, he hates it so much, but I'll never stop. You know when, like, your inner ears get really, really itchy and you can't get your finger in your ear far enough to, like, scratch it? And so the only thing, the only remedy is to, like, how do I describe it? Like, scratch the back of your throat... The, yeah, but like
3: internally with your tongue.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Ricardo calls it my roar. It's like this terrible pterodactyl sound. It's loud and it's awful, and it's probably terrible for my vocal cords. But it's the only thing I know to get relief for that like inner itching of my ear. I want to hear it. Yeah, are you gonna do it? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, am I gonna immortalize this? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's pretty awful. Wow. Wow. I have, like, weird sadistic little things that I do. Like, I really like to press on bruises. Like, it hurts so good to, like, if I have a bruise, I will, like, press it and press it and (gasps) press it until it doesn't hurt anymore. I just love it. What about you, Mariana? What's your weird little sick pleasure? I
2: mean, I kind of brought brought it up when I wanted to pose this question to you ladies. I actually have a wart on my right foot. Oh. Still? It's, right uh, now you do? I do. It's underneath my, between the fourth and my pinky toe on my right foot. And there's something about the sensation of just picking at it slowly. <laughs> until, <laughs> until it... Kind of starts bleeding just a little bit. <gasps> it's just like a thing that I'm like I'm so it just it feels really it, it itches a lot. So it oh. feels really good when you just pick at it a little bit. And Andrew's gonna hate me saying this, but I've always like he loves petting my feet. And I just put my foot there and I'm like just just caress my wart. <laughs> just <a little> bit. <laughs> he scratches your wart for you every now and again. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Is this okay. where our music comes in? y'all? Thank you all so much for listening. Big thank you to Jimmy Fontanez and Meteorite Productions, as well as Text Me Records for our music. Well, there are no new reviews to announce this week. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what the hell? It's to
0: quality content here. <laughs> but we're not going to worry because
2: listeners, they are out there and they will come through. Yeah, come through. We believe come in you. On. You need to continue. Listening to us and telling us what you think. We want to hear from you guys. Come on. Yeah. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> review, review, review. Next week, we are finishing
1: the oh book. My, oh my God. God. I know. I can't wait to see how this all unfolds. Seriously. Seriously. So be sure to head to our Instagram page at Are These Books Drunk to find out what next week's cocktail pairing is so that you can read along and sip along with us. Because it's always always happy hour hour here.
2: Here. (laughs) Bye, you guys. Ciao. Okay, so bye. Ciao. Wait, are we leaving right now?